0: Be several weeks out and being patient and just waiting for them to come come about, come to fruition as we are now waiting, uh, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. But we do have another game coming up in the near future, buddy.
1: Just Blaze.
0: Just Blaze. We're going to get to that later as well. We have, oh man, uh, a very exciting episode. Probably, honestly, probably the most excited I've been in a long time right now, man. I mean, you're just looking at me smile. I get it. I get it. We have an awesome action-packed episode full of exciting updates for you. How have you been lately, buddy? How are you holding in there?
1: I've been fantastic, man. Been fantastic. We made it through the hurricane with just a scare. And the wild part, too, was people were actually seemingly kind of pissed off that the hurricane didn't come. Guys, we did avoid a natural disaster. Yeah, here. I know, right? It's yeah. so funny
0: down here in Florida. Like, people are like, we look forward to hurricanes. Everyone else is like, <laughs> oh, my God, there's a hurricane. Like, evacuate. And then you got just Floridians, like, just shirtless, like, fight me, you little b-.
1: It's, cra- it's crazy. I mean, I actually think Elbow Room in Fort Lauderdale closed down for the first time in uh, probably about Since 30 NOM. years or so, <laughs> but uh, it's great to be back with everyone here. My name is Alex, joined by Mr. J. Kington. We have an action-packed episode, but before we That's do... Fair. Yes, we do. We have a few people that we do want to shout out. We got a couple more five-star reviews on Apple Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We do appreciate you taking the time and spending and sharing the love. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. If you do have the time, go ahead and do so. Go on Apple Podcast, give us five stars, write a comment, do your thing. We really appreciate it and tell your friends about the Inner Miami podcast. We have football coming right about in the corner, Jay, but. We have some pretty exciting news to talk about before we jump on the pitch again here, bud.
0: Yeah, we really do. Uh, we're going to hit you with typical sports center format and provide that news, uh, you know, not as the, the initial thing we're going to cover, but welcome everyone to the Miami podcast. Uh, as you said, that's Alex Pop George. I'm Jay Kington. Please do follow us on Instagram or Facebook at InterMiamiPodcast.com. You can always shoot us an old-fashioned email if you're all about that life. Uh, it's Jay and Alex at InterMiamiPodcast.com. And again check out the website. Go look at pictures of Alex. It will mean a lot to him. Mm -hmm. It's intermommypodcast.com. It's all the same. It's all congruent.
1: Jay, there was one reason that we had a huge spike in web traffic last week, my friend, and that was because you did mention there was a picture of me.
0: Yes, I'm sure that is what it was all about, buddy. (laughs) I'm on board with you. I'm not even going (laughs) to Going to counter that, but uh, we did you,
1: have soccer last night. Let's get into we, it. Jay. We did.
0: We did. But anyway, tell your friends about us. We are excited. We're about to actually resume this regular season. Um, you know, we say it every episode, but if you're new to this, please do go back. Check out our supporters group series. Uh, we speak with the Siege. We speak with Vice City. We speak with the Southern Legion. We speak with the boys from up north, the Northern Pack. Got some awesome player interviews. Two times with Louis Robles, uh, Jerome, Vetter, Luis Argudo, Will Trap, Ben Sweat, Dylan. Nealis, check out the interviews. Get to know the players, man. Um, it's crazy. What are we on? 35th episode. What a blast we are having, but let's go ahead and get right back into it. Uh, we mentioned the regular season is coming back, but there was one thing that had to happen before that. And that was the conclusion of the MLS is back tournament, or as you probably heard it referred to on TV by about every single announcer by Alex, Papa George and by Jay Kington, the MLS back is tournament was a very, uh, very fun thing. Although inter Miami was not the knockout rounds. I know we all thoroughly enjoyed it. We were texting, um, several of the, the, the fans and our friends as well, man.
1: Yeah, we found the winner that we're recording this podcast on Wednesday, August 12th, drop-in Thursday morning. But we do have a winner in the MLS is Back tournament. God, it felt good to finally get that right. But the winner was Portland Timbers. Uh, they took on Orlando City SC in the championship. And I got to say, you know, it, it, it hurts a little bit to say this, but hats off to Orlando City and playing a badass tournament.
0: Yeah, they played much better than everyone's expectations. I mean, coming in from, what, like 11 wins in their last, like, God, it was a a lot of games. I can't remember the number off the top of my head. It was a substantial amount of games, and they came out just swinging. Uh, Portland, who was my second choice, I really am going to stop picking LAFC in any tournament format. They seem to just make me look like I don't know anything.
1: I have an idea, because... You know, I've I've wanted to do this for the longest time, but I think we have to be held accountable. I think we should start holding like an actual score of win losses on our actual predictions, Jay. Like tallies? Yeah, I think right now we're 0 for 8.
0: We're 0 and 5 both within (laughs) Miami, so um, we like to change that, though. But yeah, just, you know, to reiterate, uh, this tournament, you know, it did have weight. I would honestly like to see this thing happen every preseason. I think it was really cool. Everyone loves those tournaments like that. Really hypes it up. Really lets um, the 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 fans of the MLS learn more about the the different teams because you're seeing them all play in a structured environment where you have multiple games each day.
1: To your point, the what I really enjoyed is the World Cup style about it. Yeah. it, it that was the part that really stood out and I mean even further going back to your point earlier too is we should have this every every year, man. This thing would be something cool. It would catch on. Obviously, TV rights are with all the teams around the league looking at recoup. Some of the finances they've lost during the whole pandemic would probably be really open to it. And, uh, you know, it could be something for the league to consider.
0: I could not agree more. I found myself watching games where I was completely just impartial to their team. And I was like, hey, let's get a draw. Let's see some penalties. Like, this is exciting, right? In Portland, they won, so they got – Uh, The grand prize of $328,000. I know we did say we wanted them to donate that to a nice cause. I don't think any team's donating any money. They still may. At this point in time, they're trying to recoup their funds. Uh, I mean, great appearance, great Uh, screen time. uh, If No one's really too familiar with that team, and you saw them go through. Very impressive. A lot of pride on that team. Also got the CONCACAF Champions League berth, which is so, so massive. Um, and they're kind of just right on that brink anyway of being in that space. It would have been something amazing for Orlando, for them to, to uh, obtain that. But um, Orlando did not go away empty-handed. They also got $150,000 in uh, cold cash. And, um, you know, fun fact, Catherine Nesbitt uh, was the first female to work a finale of MLS competition. So, shout out to all our uh, our women out there.
1: Big shout out. Big shout out, Catherine. Fantastic job calling the game. And as Jay said, that that's really what was at stakes here. And I know even preseason, we were talking about our favorite picks to come out of the MLS, um, you know, in the Eastern, in the Western conference. And Portland seemed to be that team that was kind of on the cusp of, you know, kind of sitting around fourth to fifth, maybe best team in the MLS going into the season. So this was one of the teams that kind of came into this tournament with a mindset to get it done, right? You know, a few episodes ago, we had talked about, you know, some teams going in and just really focused on the first three games because it was a regular season. Other teams were focused on, hey, you know, look at all of these, you know, uh, uh, winnings on the line. Let's go ahead and get it done. So it was, it was impressive to see Co- Portland get it done. It was indeed. Uh, Portland's
0: like the, 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 the Toronto FC of the West, man. They're mm-hmm. right there on the cusp being an amazing team. Mm-hmm. They play like an amazing team. Uh, without a doubt but they're you know never take them for uh for granted because they're going to come out there uh playing well they've got a lot of talent on that team and they've been playing together for quite some time some that i would love for us to eventually be able to reach that level of chemistry
1: yeah i mean you know first off sebastian blanco is a problem is. for anyone yep. out there he, he was a superstar he was probably my player of the tournament to be honest during the whole thing but Top, Um, Not top shots, baby. uh, Unbelievable. Unbelievable tournament by him. But super excited just that the MLS put on a fantastic product for everyone who watched. I found myself always watching the MLS games, even though there was a bunch of sports on. And that was a true testament to how MLS delivered. I know in the past, people have really kind of hung the hat on the game experience with the MLS, but I thought that this was an advantage for them to kind of showcase the skills of the league and how we've actually grown up to be, you know, one of those more talked about leagues across the world.
0: Uh, Without a doubt, uh, it's growing. That is undeniable. They just, MLS released a a little video with uh, the one, the only, I love him to death, Matthew McConaughey. uh, One of the, uh, Uh, in management, yeah, (laughs) in uh, management for, uh, for Austin FC, man. Austin FC will be joining the league next year. Saw that. Um, but, yeah. So look, isn't Charlotte coming up too? Charlotte will be the following year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's growing. In like, I've had this this sentiment for so long, man. We have the talent to, to win the World Cup. If we can get more and more people on board and interested in in soccer, in football, if we can get more of our our young talent to choose that path over a basketball, a Mm -hmm. football, or baseball, the big three. And if we can do that, then we have the best athletes in the world. There's no reason we should not have the same... On a a, a a soccer or World Cup level. So with time, it will keep growing. You already see it now. This is a big mission statement of this podcast is getting people that don't know anything about the sport and getting them involved and interested. If you want to cheer for Miami, we would love that. If you prefer another team, I don't care. If you love the sport, you love the sport. It's hard once you start watching enough you will fall in love. And it's very hard to detach from that feeling that you get from watching, especially your tournament.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jay, to your point, we've talked about this through the last year of being with the listeners and you know, it comes down to money. I mean, really at the end of the day, you know, these young athletes are going to follow the money trail. So, you know, even when we look at European teams, we're seeing some of the price tags on these players, which are simply just way higher than what US MLS teams can offer these types of people. So, you know, they're going to go where the money goes. But, you know, we have,
0: we're going to have to get rid of the, the salary cap. At some point, MLS will need to ditch the salary cap and just let everyone compete.
1: You're thinking just a baseball-style soft salary 100%, 100%. cap?
0: 100%. The, the, there's no doubt that money
1: builds teams.
0: You look at every great team, there's a, 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 an amazing financial backer behind all those teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The same thing can can happen. There are a lot of people that are billionaires that would love to buy an NBA team, would love to buy an NFL franchise, and it, it you can't because that happens so rarely. But- If they did open that and then these teams need a financial backing, that's going to open up a lot of money coming into this league. And the only people that are going to benefit is the league itself, the players, the fans, the sport, and the culture. You really uh, cannot get – God, one day that'll be gone and we will be having one of the best leagues in the
1: world. Well, listen, if you wanna get around the hurdle that we just talked about, it's alleviating the hard salary cap and letting teams play what pay whatever the hell they want to play players because if you can offer a player twenty, thirty million, as long as the owner and the and, and the front office is willing to pay that you know, that, that's a game changer for MLS. Now, will it go that far, you know, and how long will it take if it does go that far? I don't know. That's definitely a lofty goal and a lofty vision, but there is a chance and, you know, hey, that may happen, but For what it's worth right now, I think the MLS is doing a fantastic job with what the product is and the players that they're bringing in and the development that's going on. I mean, Jay, this this tournament had every type of storyline that you could have imagined. It had Group A, which was the group of death. We had teams go home because of COVID cases. We had rivalries battled on the pitch. We had dark horses make it to the championship both well-known players and not well-known players showing up I mean Diego Rossi did stuff on LAFC that I don't think that we were actually expecting even him to do with uh, signs of Carlos Vela staying home for this tournament I mean Sebastian Blanco as we talked about was a problem for every single person that faced him in this tournament and I mean even to mention some of the junior players that haven't really kind of caught wind a little bit is Brandon Arison from Philadelphia Union he played a fantastic fantastic tournament. So I think that, yeah, no, that-
0: he, he's an up and coming stud without a doubt. And also um Ayo uh, Akinola, uh, four goals, three in one game. Young Yud stud, young young stud playing for Toronto FC. Uh, it was exciting, man. It, it really I mean there was how did you not enjoy this tournament? I, I don't understand how anyone would not enjoy this.
1: Most people did. And that was definitely the feedback, the comments. And again, Jay and I always urge people get, get on Instagram with us, get on Facebook, talk. We literally talk to you all day, every day, and especially during game time. So if you want something to say, go ahead and say it to us. You know, we're pretty responsive, but... Um, you know, one thing that I also was thinking too, Jay, is that, you know, you know, we have like the, the politics, right. And that, that's your God. And I know that, right. Yeah, that's my God, <laughs> that's your right. guy. That's your team. That's your squad <laughs> like you right God, there. I like said God. No, that's either, your guy. Either way I'm down <laughs> for it. love Chelsea and then love, love me some Christian Pulisic. But one thing that this tournament did indirectly do was allow a time for these players to spend not just with their team, but around other players in the league and start to develop relationships off the pitch and off competition. And, you know, I think that that's going to have a, can I say a residual effect to the benefit of the MLS so it may be something small it may be something a little bit unnoticed but I do think that the time that these teams did spend together in the bubble helped them come closer as, as a collective unit because listen you kind of have to I mean if you stay if anybody's gone to a summer camp if anybody's been off to college things like that you do bond with the people that you're around so um, I'm really looking forward to the future of this
0: yeah, I mean, like it's really those little nuances, man, that's going to allow this sport to to take over and and grow the way it needs to grow. I, I just hope that there was like a five-year-old, a six-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever age, just like, a you know, a young boy out there or, or, or a young girl, you know, it doesn't matter. But I, I hope that they watch this tournament and they got a little bit captivated, a little bit interested and, and you know, potentially going out there and maybe – you know signed up for 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 school soccer instead of basketball and wanted to give that a shot you know there's probably a better player than Christian Pulisic who is you know bare, just learned how to walk and if we can get them entertained and get them on board well then it'll happen now whether we get rid of the, the salary cap whether we add you know two or three more dp spots per team that might happen in 5 years and hmm. 10 years and 15. I I it, it's not really so much about the time frame. It's just as long as there's a continued growth and we're going to get to where we need to be as as a nation that is just going to love this sport and the MLS will continue to grow. Um, I am having a hard time holding it back. I want to just jump ahead to the next section. I think we've covered everything we need to on the MLS is back tournament. You said it in the intro. We're probably going to say it about 5 times, but just, just please blaze.
1: let's go, man. Go just start it off. Blaze my Tweety, Blaze my Tweety, Blaze my Tweety. God damn, Jay. Say it three times, and he's going to appear in the mirror behind you. Hey, man, I'm going to enjoy saying that name for the, at least the foreseeable future, my yeah, friend.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I, um, All right, so it's not – we can't say in a new signing because it's not official. Um, it was confirmed that he has terminated his contract on mutual agreement with Juventus in anticipation for – a move to none other than enter Miami. So this should be finalized in the next couple of days. days. Um, you know, I got to be honest, man. At first I was like, oh, I really wanted that, that big name number nine, right? That's where we need our third DP spot to be. But really, if you've, you know, watched us in the tournament, you can tell that all, the biggest struggle is being able to go from the back line, the defensive third, into the midfield with some creativity and then go from the midfield into the attack. So uh, this is a a really ideal player, I think, for us overall for our needs. Honestly, we all wanted the big name number nine. We're, you know, we still have Robbie Robinson. We still have Julian Carranza. Um, We're probably going to be acquiring someone else. But I think after watching everything, this was the biggest need. He's going to play as a number eight, uh, even a number six, even though, you know, Trap has that number for us. But the double pivot is not really working out between Uyoya and, and Trap. There doesn't seem to be enough creativity there. So um, this guy, man, there is – I mean, this is a big-name European. This is a, 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 a guy with a soccer pedigree like none
1: other. Blaze, blaze, blaze. Love everything about this signing. And honestly, this came out of nowhere. And I mean... <laughs> this came out of nowhere, bro. Well, Paul said he wanted to have the DP figured out by June.
0: You uh, did. June. Co- Covet has messed up my whole year.
1: <laughs> August 11th. Hashtag 2020.
0: And so we uh, we were filming questions on social media. Like, who who is it? Who is it? There are rumors, but no one knew. And then, yeah, I just... We woke up one morning to, uh, to the news. I, I woke up a little later. I checked all my typical... <laughs> News alerts I get for in Miami and uh someone are in the group in the Facebook group, fan group had already shared it. Uh but yeah, I mean this seems to be uh I mean I'm very I'm very pleased with this sign. And this is a guy who's definitely um you know he's 33 so he's a little older but still has a lot of good years to play for sure
1: yeah i mean he was a part of i mean the fran the french team that did win the world cup in 2018 and everybody's trying to get a little piece of that french team i'll be honest with you but (laughs) but he was rumored to actually be going to manchester united that was kind of the word on the pitch was but he ended up potentially coming down to inner miami joining the good guys so super so,
0: so he wanted a challenge is what he he wanted a new challenge
1: he's And he also knew David Beckham. Yeah, so they played together at PSG in
0: 2013. But he said he wanted a new challenge. Um, And honestly, Manchester United's whole approach right now, with with with, you know Oli Gunner Solskjaer, is that they're they're turning towards a youth movement. They had all of their veterans player. Players towards the end of, of Sir, you got to be respectful, Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, you know, end of his tenure there. So now they've been reworking. They have a lot of young players. So I think if he did go there, he wasn't going to be a starter. He'd play a supplemental role. But, hey, you come down to the MLS, you want a new challenge? Hey, buddy, we're 0-5. We just set a new record for most losses of a, of a, of a team in a season. Uh,
1: so here's a good challenge for you. Come on down, man. We are excited to have you. Yeah. And if you haven't checked him out, go ahead and do so on YouTube. I know there's been a couple of players that we picked up that have been a, a little bit difficult to track down some footage, but you'll have no problem finding anything on this guy. He is he's a bona fide stud. Uh, it's funny, Jay. I Whenever I see him on the pitch, it seems like he's like covering a step and a half every time he's running. It's like he's galloping out there.
0: Yeah, he he's a high energy player. Like he, he he's high. leaving it all on the field. That that's something that is gonna be great because again, we talk about the lack of creativity in the midfield. Like Pizarro has the ball and everyone's just kind of standing still. He's not that guy. He's gonna be running, making plays. He he plays best in, in a midfield slash CDM role, right? So he is gonna be a great bridge uh from the back line to the midfield as far as moving the ball, but also coming back. He has so many defensive highlights of running full Mm -hmm. speed. You see the energy he exerts to stop goals. It's impressive. And then he'll come into the attack, and he can also be creative in the midfield. He's not, like, by anyone – you know, I don't see him ripping, you know, 15 goals a season, but I don't know. You never know how these guys translate into the MLS. He maybe just comes and tears it up, but he's got what we need in the midfield right now on both the defensive and the attacking front, so – not be happier with, with that,
1: yeah. His motor is insane, and thinking about it, we haven't seen LGP on the pitch either yet. We have not, yeah. No, we haven't. And teeing him up, both of these guys together, is dangerous. It's dangerous. And adding Nico Fagal back there and our entire back line,
0: well, everybody has days, problems, I mean, uh, problems uh, around Ron Torres. The problem we've been sweating to midfield, honestly, like because that in LGP is a, a great creator at mm-hmm. a defense as well. So the connection between uh, you know, Leandro and, and Blaze could be some beautiful and then feeding up to to Bizarre.
1: I think what this signing did, and we actually have some huge breaking news to talk about too that we did just receive literally two minutes before the podcast. Yep. But th- this really And I'm already getting messages on, yeah, on it's, Facebook about it. It's going it's going nuts. But the the idea that adding Blaze to this team almost allows people to get back to a little bit more of their natural spots.
0: And yes, I that's think very that's
1: very important in the grand scheme of things. When you add a player like this, you know, it, it it alleviates a lot of pressure off of folks like Uyoya and Will Trapp, who, you know, in my opinion, have been playing a little bit out of position to what we're used to and used to seeing them do and honestly what they're comfortable with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so they're rolling a double pivot
0: and, you know, double it, pivot.
1: How
0: do I explain this to, okay. So um, I love that Jay. All right. Four, two, three, one, the typical formation, Diego Alonzo, Likes to do, but we've seen him mix it up a little bit with like, you know, all different types of uh, little tweaks to it. But, you know, you're talking about four in the back line, two CDMs, cent- central defensive mids, three midfielders, one one central forward, one one center attacker up top. Uh, so the CDMs, the two CDMs, basically a double pivot is um, they basically kind of each own one half of the field. And if the – they are supposed to be there for defense, but they're also supposed to help out in an attack. So if something's happening on the right side of the field, Uyoya will rotate – up. He will pivot out of his defensive position and then move into attack. And then Will Trap will rotate into a central uh, position on the field to still be the CDM. And if it goes on the left side, then Will trap. is supposed to go up into the attack and Uyoya rotates down uh, to the bottom. That's kind of how that double pivot works out. It doesn't look like they're comfortable with it. I don't believe they played in that style in the past. So I don't know. This might be the end of, of the trap Uyoya pair together with blaze here now.
1: Yeah. I, I will actually think it is. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if actually all three of them play on the pitch at the same time, but I actually think Uyoya is the one who's going to be the one to maybe even take a little bit of a step back. What, do, who, who do you think with this new signing is going to be the one to potentially have the biggest, I guess, loss of it all.
0: Oh, I mean, it's just honestly a toss up. I mean, it's you, you. You interact with any of the fans. A lot of them have been too uh, too high on, on traps play or yo play. So, you know, I think we're gonna see a little bit of rotation from uh, both Trap and yo I think they'll be replacing each other. Why Blaze is, is a is gonna be starting most of the games. And some people say, you know, he's 33. He probably won't be starting every game. But he do like. You come from PSG, the world cup and Juventus where you won five trophies. Like I'm pretty sure you're still in in perfect form to compete in the MLS. Yeah. The
1: word that I like to say is juice, Jay. This guy has juice. This guy, this guy has gas left in the tank. He's not your typical 33 year old.
0: No, he's not. He's he's a, again, very high-energy player. That's kind of how he made his name for himself. Uh, I mean, he's been capped 84 times by France, right? 33 years old, was part of the the 2018 World Cup squad, which defeated Croatia 4-2 in the final. He made over 100 appearances for the French club Saint-Etienne between 2007 and 2011 before moving to PSG, where he won four League One titles. Now, again, um, in addition to the World Cup, he won three Serie A titles of I believe they call them Scuderi's. Uh, so three Serie A titles in the past three years, one Italian cup and the Italian super cup at Juventus. If we say Juve, we're talking about Juventus. Um, and again, you know, also won four league one titles with only being for PSG for six years. So we're talking about four to six or winning the title. Um, but like he played 98 games for, for Juventus uh, in Serie A, which is the Italian league. Um, and 133 times in all competitions, he was second only to Argentine Ford and just f- sh- mega star in the making, Mister Paulo Diabla or DiBala, rather. <laughs> am i am talking about, <laughs> Paulo DiBala? Um,
1: if you haven't seen this guy, who only beat him
0: by one, one cap, by the way. So
1: 133, and DiBala had 140, oh, 134. Appreciate that. Great. The and if you haven't seen, yeah, thanks. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> love the support. This guy's not going to razzle dazzle you. He's not going to play with as much finesse, but he is going to push the ball. He's going to do it right. And one player that I think is going to really enjoy playing with him is Pizarro. I think it's going to free up Pizarro, just
0: as you said, to play a little bit more naturally.
1: Well, that's it, that as well. And. In addition, to right? I think at the end of the tournament, we really saw Pizarro's frustrations get a little bit shown, you know, visually on the pitch with his kind of frustrations with everything that was going around. I think that Blaze is going to kind of step into the role with that same level of attitude, enthusiasm, and energy, and bring it. And I think Pizarro is going to latch onto that, and the team is going to get slingshotted. Yeah, from I think this.
0: they're going to play well off that. Um, I mean, we needed this because who knows Pizarro might be like trying to bail after a half a season like you know yeah. I, who, who knows so here he, he needs a you know he needed definitely some support and I think that's what that's what blaze provides
1: yeah and the biggest question that was swirling around and jams stu- I guess we are still getting texts from this whole situation is a question that I was going to ask you but now it seems like there may be a little bit of truth to this it see seems the like the team may be able to use Tam instead of our DP slot
0: yeah so that was really the, the biggest question of all this is is was there a way to use you know targeted allocation money to somehow work this deal out This is also a rumor when we were quote unquote close to signing uh, Augustine Amindra. I honestly like prior to this episode, prior to two minutes prior to this episode, <laughs> if that makes sense. I thought there was probably maybe a ten to twenty percent chance I can somehow work out a Tam deal, um, just given like his transfer fee, the the salary he's made in the past. But he was, he actually was willing to take a salary cut because he wanted a little bit a uh, little bit more of a challenge in his life. And um, so that was kind of where we are. I thought it was going to be 10 to 20%. We can work it on TAM, about 80 to 90%. It was going to take a DP spot. But we can come with a certain degree of confidence, as this was reported by Sam uh, Steschkel. Sorry if I butchered your name there, Sam, who I believe works <laughs> for The Athletic. But um, it looks like they're going to work this out with targeted allocation money, which means Inter Miami will still have their third designated player spot, which is the absolute biggest, best news we could have had probably in the past, I don't know, three months since we signed Pizarro. Who knows, man? (laughs) This is amazing. We're going to get a super high quality um, conduit from the defense to the attack, uh, which will be excellent. And we still have our DP spot, which guess what? It has to be a number nine at this point. The transfer windows, the European transfer windows open, the MLS transfer window open today. Um, this has worked out wow it's gonna be an exciting week or two as we secure this third DP spot. We are an extremely lucky team to be able to to get a player of this quality and somehow convinced him that this is a challenge he needs to take on with a pay cut and he's on board with it. So again, I don't even know what to say, man. This is, this is just the the best news that either of us could have hoped for. This is the best news that any, any inner Miami fan, the front office, the staff, the anyone, I don't care who you are. This is the best news you've heard all month. you done. I don't know. Am I done? It's amazing. I cannot be happy enough. I don't know when he's going to get over here. We have to finalize these details on what the actual salary is going to be. Hopefully we can get him here because we do have a game coming up against a pretty damn good team according to the MLS's back tournament. I don't know, man. Um, Thank you, Blaze. We really do appreciate it. And uh, let us know anything you need, buddy, and we will take care of it for you down here, okay?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Jay Kington yes sir well, I needless excited. To say, jay is pumped i am pumped everyone is pumped and oh yeah again we are recording this this is not yet official but god i hope it really becomes I've, official by the time that this thing drops man
0: we somehow don't have our soundboard hooked up this would be the perfect time to annoy everyone with a whole bunch of air horns I gotta bring uh, that back. You know what? Let's have <laughs> Mr. Blazema Tweety, welcome to the squad, baby. Just Blaze. Cannot wait, cannot wait. Other good news. Let's move on because I just I don't know. This news Let's literally broke right before we uh we recorded this podcast. So I love it when it, it times up that well. But uh other good news. At least someone in this damn organization has gotten a win. Fort Lauderdale CF got their first win on Saturday against Tormenta FC. Do you have any idea where Tormenta FC is?
1: Absolutely not. Me either, buddy. Had to look it up. It's in
0: Statesboro, Georgia. You thought that might clarify it. I have no idea where <laughs> <like> Statesboro, Statesboro. <laughs> is. No idea where that is. Somewhere in Georgia. We beat that squad, baby. Uh, So opening the scoring for uh, Coach Creasy's side was 16-year-old Edazon Ascona, um, who capped a counterattack with his first goal of the season in the 31st minute. But our boy, Ricky Lopez Espen, who will be called up to enter Miami sooner than later, put that down. That check will cash at any bank. I promise you this. This kid is a stud up-and-comer. Ripped the second goal to secure the win from midfield. Basically, what Juan Agudelo tried to do, except he didn't shank it at a 45 degree angle to the damn corner post. Okay. He actually made it. So it was an amazing goal. Go look that up if you have not. Ricky Lopez Espen. Type his name into Google. Probably the first thing that pops up. Um, Midfield goal, double lead in the 76th minute. What a screamer. Someone's got to win. Hey, baby, Fort Lauderdale CF, home derby clash with Orlando City B, August 14th. And that is a perfect layup for our next game.
1: Wow, Jay. And our next game is against
0: Orlando City
1: A? Wow! We, I hey, like what you did there. I like what you did what good, there. That's
0: a little rivalry week right there. You're going to get some MLS Orlando City. You're going to get some USL League One Orlando City B. Copa del
1: Sol round two is just about a week away. Pretty pumped. Super. <clears throat>
0: You all right there, buddy? I don't know, man. I, I think I might CPR. have almost
1: fell down. God, I hope not. Don't want to do it, but I will. Oh, just let me go. But uh anyway, big congrats to the Fort Lauderdale CF USL squad. Huge dub. This is really what started the momentum, Jay. This is what started the momentum right into it. Blaze. This is it. We're potentially even going to pick up our next DP slining Pay as attention. as we have this open, ladies and it's gentlemen. coming. And then guess what, Jay? What's Ronaldinho doing? We got football coming back on August 22nd, dude.
0: Oh, 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 uh, eight days, a week and a day after we play Orlando City B, we're going to go against Orlando City A. Uh, which honestly, holy crap, Blaze. Do we need to like call the consulate? Can we work out a Get passport going. situation visa? Because we are going to kind of need you to be here. Um, by the time that we're playing Orlando City on August 22nd, but they did release last episode, we covered the tentative plan. Uh, but we are now in full effect of phase one. Not as exciting as a schedule I was hoping for. It seems that we are just gonna play the same three teams twice.
1: Yeah, well, they definitely did it regionally. Um, that's how they looked at it. Um, now, just Makes to give sense. you guys, just to give you guys an update on what we're looking at on our next six games. On August twenty second, we will be playing Orlando City. That is our first home game. Indeed, it is, sir. It is. It's so our first home
0: game that everyone's going to watch from home. Hey, not the home stadium, but your actual home, uh, Tucasa. Hope you got a decent TV.
1: The important part is that we're playing. Yes, and we're back on the pitch August twenty second. Four days later, we play Atlanta United at eight p.m. Then four days after that, we move over to Nashville, where we're actually playing at Nashville at eight thirty p.m. Moving to the next game on September 2nd, we play Atlanta United again. On September 6th, we play Nashville again. And on September 12th, we are back to playing Orlando City. And that is really how the schedule is shaping us for up for us.
0: Yeah, what's well, gonna be interesting here is oh man, I hope we get a win, but it will be a good kind of uh judgment of Diego Alonso on those first three games versus the second three games, because you're playing the same three teams. So I wonder what those adjustments are going to look like. Yeah. And I mean, listen,
1: we we just went through the gauntlet. I think these six games that are put in in front of us, honestly, I mean, I know Orlando city has been kicking ass, but I know at least one of those games are winnable. You look at the rest of these games, especially with Yosef Martinez out on Atlanta United, they don't really have it going on, and then Nashville is Nashville. Yeah, they did not play well in the MLS is back tournament. Um,
0: Nashville, we've only really seen, seen a little two, bit. two games. They, they are going to play tomorrow, out, yeah, So those will be fun. I, you know, Given Orlando City's running the tournament, um, it's I'm not going to lie, it's a bit intimidating, but hopefully we we, we can you know get that rivalry going and, and get a win for us. We get Blaze, and who knows, maybe we get a number nine somehow in place of so that game. Probably unlikely, but man has to dream. But uh hey, it's coming here. The good news is only four days apart from each game. So it's not like we're waiting a week each time, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we've waited long enough. We've waited through a pandemic. We've waited years to make it happen. There's no reason like we always seem to be saying that we can't wait a few more days. But anyway, I'm sure everybody's wondering right now with the schedule getting dropped on kind of what are the COVID precautions that are going to be in place? Because Games will be played at home stadiums, and, you know, that is breaking the bubble that has been a fantastic job and pretty dang secure overall in general. So these games will be played at home, and, you know, I think from what the MLB is finding out, that is not an easy task. So, you know, some teams, you know, are going to have some difficulties, such as the Canadian example is that, you know, there's border restrictions in place that may inhibit the ability to travel these teams back and forth from respective countries
0: that is a very good point it's going to be based on markets for sure i don't want to burst anyone's bubble here but sorry uh florida apparently you guys don't like to stay inside or wear masks because we're consistently a hot spot of COVID. i can go out and say with a high level of confidence and i'll be willing to throw some money down on it florida ain't getting any home games no fan access rather these are going to be you know I don't know. Maybe you're, I don't know. How are the Mormons in Salt Lake doing with this thing? You know, maybe something like that. Maybe, uh, I don't know how Minnesota's doing or, you know, San Jose. It's going to have to be one of those cities that has it a little bit more under control because Miami ain't it, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, this is still like, nothing's in place. You know, Mr. Garber was talking about the potential of like a, I think it was a 14% uh, occupancy. Temperature checks in and out of the stadium can't be within 20 players, social distancing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we'll see how that whole thing plays out with the fans. But I mean, Jay, you're right, man. I mean, you know, this stadium's right in you know our backyard in Fort Lauderdale, man. This uh still hotbed in Florida. But you know, moving on, you know, testing of players, staff, and coaches will be held. Um, the day before any game is played, and that's really important to come across because they're actually going to be contested. I think it is every other day. I want to say, um, don't quote me on that, but I think it is every other day. Um, teams will be traveling by charter flights and buses like usual, but. One caveat is that they sounds like they will be trying to arrive on the same day and actually leave that same day or night. So we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it'll get a little bit easier as time goes on and things start to get a little bit more accustomed to how they're going to go down. But, um, certain places, the, um, you know, like we said, you know, there's going to be allowed fans inside the stadiums, but they're also going to have to comply with CDC regulations as well as local government, um, which is really important. But, you know, Jay already talked about phase one, uh, getting kicked off with the 12 matches. So we're good there. And well, six
0: and six, there's gonna be 12 remaining matches,
1: phase one, August 22nd to September 13th, which is the the
0: schedule we just ran through. Phase two will begin shortly after September 16th through November 8th. So we released that schedule once the league actually releases it, uh, I believe 14% capacity of the stadiums, temperature mm-hmm. checks, mm-hmm. can't be within 20 feet of a player. Maybe we find ourselves in just a very amazing situation where we somehow can get access to that game.
1: Who knows? We're all hopeful. Anybody can. Why not? Maybe we'll have a drone overhead. Maybe it'll get shot down. Who knows? But probably be a federal we a real question because
0: you're on the grounds of an airport, but I didn't tell you that. So <laughs> do whatever you want, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But... You know, I guess, Jay, I mean, we could talk about player rumors. I don't have any, but... Uh,
0: well, of course you don't have anybody. This is my realm, so step out This is your favorite. It. No, I don't really have anything substantial. <laughs> um, you know, everyone's kind of been aware William is going to Arsenal, wants to stay for his family. So, uh, being a Chelsea fan, I would love to see a, a, a previous Chelsea player come over here, but can't Can't hate on the man, respect him, make the decision for his family, Um uh, Edison Cavani looks to be going to Benfica, so that's done. Uh, David Luiz is not coming here because he's going to Lazio for 52000 a week, which is way below what he should be earning, which honestly would make you say, huh, why would he take that amount of money? And here's why, because Lazio threw in a private jet in a Roman mansion. Wow. So good come up for you, David Silva. Oh, boy. Like Best that. of luck in your life, I guess, man. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was uh, Mario Goza, who would probably yeah. definitely require a DP slot. He seems to have rejected our offer in, in the, about the past 24 hours, wants to spend a couple more time or a couple more years in Europe, rather. But honestly, now that we got Blaze, Vizarro, Pellegrini, all of our – well, I guess Blaze isn't a DP anymore, but we do have two DPs in the midfield. So that leaves one glaring need, unless Mr. Julian Carranza – Can step up unless Jerome Kisavetter gets a better shot, unless Juan Agudelo has a renaissance, or unless Robbie Robinson. And we honestly don't know where Robbie is. He's not reported back to the team after leaving. So um, I think everyone's kind of interested in that. But we still have that need. Everything is aligned perfectly. Say your prayers, Hail Mary, our Father. Same before bed. We got a a one more DP big name that's going to come, and it's just now heating up again. MLS transfer window just opened today. European transfer window just opened about a week ago. It's time.
1: It's time. We've been talking about this for a very, very long time. So I hope everyone is enjoying it. Again, I hope all of this does come true. If Blaze goes and uses TAM money instead of RDP slot, ladies and gentlemen, Everybody who bounced off of the bandwagon and who was starting to complain and, you know, bitch and whine and et cetera, et cetera. Stay off. Stay off. It's cool. It's cool. Just Blaze? Just oh, also, blaze.
0: Uh, did we mention that in the last episode? Uh, the Augusta and Amendra rumors are, are heating back up again. But, again, it's kind of same role I think Blaze would be in. So I don't know if we actually necessarily would need that anymore. So we'll see. Stay tuned. Check the news daily. Uh, check out our Instagram, our Facebook. We'll keep you as updated as possible. Uh, again, as always, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at InterMime Podcast. Shoot us an email, Jane Alex at InterMime or check out the website and again pictures of Alex at InterMimePodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. As we like to sign off every episode with, I am just so happy. I am feeling very generous. I'm passing it off.
1: Thanks, but I heard security down the hall, man. He's trying to bust yeah. down. Yeah. He says we got to go. It's dinner time. But uh, <laughs> but thank you, Jay, everyone. It is great. Have a wonderful week, wonderful weekend. We'll be back with you soon. And as Jay said, we leave it each and every episode. Vamos Miami. Y vamos guys